Oh, yeah. Hey, guys. Welcome to episode nine of CMD Towers, Brews, and Builds. Ooh. I'm Mr. Combo number five, and my fellow host is like the rest of us, kicking himself for not buying Black Lotuses back in the day for 400 bucks <laughs> a pop. Big Tuck. What's up? I, uh, yeah, I've had that conversation with so many people, and now that there's more people playing at work, especially, yep. and I'm like, they always they always joke like, oh, you have a Black Lotus, and I was like, joke's on you, asshole. I could have had like 15 and not have to work here with you animals. So. I knew a guy in middle school that back in the day had a booster box of alpha Ooh. oh oh <laughs> and what did he do with it i have no idea sold it for for <laughs> or, or, oh, or, it? or he could be like squee mcgee and sell it for what a snowboard hey that snowboard's around the corner over there so. <laughs> yeah i see it's getting a lot of use in kansas there's snow <laughs> creek no, it's no, at least a 400 foot hill. No. uh anyway guys thanks for tuning into our podcast and this was only able to happen by our awesome producer squee mcgee and his production company rich chaos records here in Actually, kind of nice, Kansas City. And it's finally turned. And for the home players, I am actually wearing pants, and Mr. Combo is not. I promised I would do the opposite. It is insane. <laughs> and hey, guys, big shout out for the music in this episode provided by Pink Royal. And of course, stay tuned till the end of the podcast to get details on how you can win a foil artist proof expropriate in this month's October's contest. It'd be pretty sweet. It's yeah, very sweet. sweet. <laughs> so uh, Bruise and Builds is our deck tech series all about the decks that Big Tuck and I have in our Path to 32. Each podcast, we will talk about one of our Path to 32 decks but a cool manner of brewing beers. So we really broke it down into four categories. Ramp and setting your board state is what we call the grain bill. Yep, and grains are the foundation of a beer. They include both the base malts and specialty malts, usually in about a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of a beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards for the deck. Uh, and, mm. that, and what is that, Mr. Combo? Oh, that's a is tea. That, a beer? that is not a beer. Ooh. That is a tea. For some reason, the quick trip on the way over to the studio had every single drink machine out of order. <laughs> and Big Tuck made the greatest uh, correlation. What is this? Freaking McDonald's? Yeah, the ice cream machine's <laughs> broken at quick trip. All of them. <laughs> uh, and so the next one is how does your board interact with the rest of the board? That is the hop profile. Yep. And hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal and floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can do exactly what it wants to. Awesome. And then the next one is, how does your deck actually close out or win a game that is yeast? Yep, and yeast are microorganisms that eat the sugar that's produced from boiling the grain, and they poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds the alcohol content and the carbonation. Without the yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. Without the yeast cards in your deck, it wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning you the game. And then finally, we have shenanigans. These can be pet cards or synergies that are in the deck that are just kind of fun. And we definitely have cards in today's deck that uh, <laughs> they just need to get yanked out There's of there. There's not too many of them. Not this is too a, many. This is a very, very non-spicy beer. But <laughs> we're calling that Spice Package. Yeah, the Spice Package. And similar to this deck, not every beer has them. But spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty beer. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into a jalapeno stout. Or the addition of hops that turn an IPA into a double IPA. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we generally talk about it. And then to really wrap it all up, guys, we have the bottle capping, which is Big Tuck's and I's recommendations to the deck that are under five bucks, under $50, and then just a personal recommendation with no budget. The only restriction is, you know what? No lands. Uh, Yeah, we're talking about you, Forest. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No lands. Mr. Tabernacle. What the heck? That was ridiculous. I believe it's called Knackle. Yeah, the Knackle. Ugh. So, guys, without further ado, let's get brewing. So today 
We're doing one of my decks. It's Jess Guy, and we're Woo! going back in time. I'm not singing. I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> this is the new Jess Guy Commander from Commander 19. It's Savine the Chronoclasm. So, of course, as I was kind of rounding out my path to 32, I love it when the Commander sets come out each year because usually it's a great starter way to get one of your colors. It's uh, something that I've been looking at Jeskai for a while. Initially, I was gonna have my eyes on Kaikar, but then mm -hmm. Will in our play group went yeah. ahead and made Kaikar, so I didn't wanna just copy what he did. And you guys would also kind of think, per my namesake, Narset would have been right. the more normal fit for me for Jeskai, but honestly, I look at Narset, and the only thing I ever see are extra turns. Yep or Planeswalker Tribal, yep. and I already have Planeswalker Tribal, so I And really I actually, one of the first decks I ever built was a Narset deck, and it plays the same. It either, she gets blasted off the board every single chance that you possibly can, yep. or you just run away with the game. It's pretty much, if you can get her down and get Swift Boots on her, the game is over. I thought Narset had Hexproof. She does, but getting that haste in oh. usually triggers, like, you'll be able to get, as soon as she gets down, you can attack, then I you gotcha. get your extra turn triggers, and then it just never stops. So it's, gotcha. it's a degenerate deck. I don't think it's particularly fun or imaginative, so sure. I do like the fact that you took one of these pre-cons. One thing that I thought was very interesting in this is yep. that you can get this online, built and playable, in quotation marks. I haven't seen this played out of the box. You can get it for $35 on Amazon, <laughs> and somehow... Unsurprisingly, <laughs> you turn this into an $1,100 monstrosity. Well, what know, do you have to say about it? What do you have to say for yourself? Well, I do believe part of that cost is there is a plateau. There's in a there. plateau. There's a uh, Jace's Vrin's Prodigy San Diego. Con well, actually, yeah. wow, that's only 34 bucks. See, I don't, but I don't know if that's right because I think it only, I don't know if it tracks those prices because there's another card we'll talk about later. I think it does because Dak Faden is also a special edition one. Right. And it shows 86 and normal oh, okay. foil Dak is not $86. Yeah, that's, that is strange. But anyways, and then you also have like uh, skull rack skull for rack. 125 dollars yeah, so you know i bet if we did like the curve it would be the same thing where 10 cards make up 90 percent <laughs> of the budget or at least Probably. like at least like the budget you had to spend because the rest of it came in the deck yeah and honestly guys i would think if you'd want to build this deck at home like big tuck said it's <laughs> card kingdom right now and I've, it even has the little uh, hazard sign on tapped out it's at 11 65 69 but if you take out the Judge Promo Ristic Study, yeah, yeah. the Masterpiece I saw that rack, when I was going through it. <laughs> uh, you know, the Foil Chromatic Lantern. If you take out a bunch of that stuff, the deck could probably give you built for 300 bucks. Yeah, especially if you already have the pre-con to go with. Yeah. And like whatever four expensive cards that are in that. Yeah, so, I know. But anyways, so, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the reason I was kind of gravitating to this, because obviously I have plenty of Path of 32 decks to make, and I didn't have to do this, Jeskai, but I was like, huh, flashback, getting, yeah. you know, basically forked out of the graveyard that seems kind of fun, and it seems like you can do fun, degenerate things with that. So I decided to build the deck. And you know what? How do you win the game? Well, I'll tell you when I win my first yeah. one, because I have yet to win. <laughs> but it was really exciting. Uh, obviously, we've talked in the past about uh, one of my pet cards, which is Approach of the Second Sun, and we thought we had it where he was going to win, but it turns out you have to cast it from your hand every time. Yep. So I think it's still worth keeping it in, but... Mr. Oh, no. Mr. Combo took it right out. I took it right out. Because, guys, my kind of thought process there, his approach says, if this was cast from your hand and it's the second time you've cast it, you win the game. So I thought I could cast it. Yeah. With it on the stack and the triggers, I could fork it. The second one would resolve first. Then the next yeah. one, which technically I did cast from my hand, would resolve. But I think it's I think the it's because it's one block of text, right? And it's not separate triggers. Yep. But uh, just for those playing the home game real quick, Savine the Chronoclasm is a 2-2 legendary human wizard. Two colorless and Jeskai, which is blue, red, white. Uh, America! <laughs> yes, America, America colors. 
uh, on the 4th of July, we should only play these colors. So uh, <laughs> there's one line of text, which I actually honestly forgot was even on the card, yep. which is prevent all damage that would be dealt to Savine. Yep. And then the second one is what she's really known for, which is whenever you cast your first instant or sorcery spell from your graveyard each turn, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for that copy. Yep. And so I know when this card got previewed, a bunch of the community was super excited. Actually, about the first line of text, not the second line. Really? Okay. It was Earthquake Tribal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where sure. you just bolt everything, you blow everything up, you throw like a pariah or pariah shield on her, and just you never take damage, your opponents can never have creatures, right. and that's just the way it kind of works. And then sure, some of them have flashback, exactly. and maybe you get it again, but really, that was just kind of the effect. I did not build the deck that way, I built it on the second block, mm. because I thought that just, you know, I wanted a Spellslinger deck, I right. actually don't have a Spellslinger deck, so I thought I would try to make this thing work. <laughs> uh, the curve is 353, three. Yep. the big thing is that there's little to no creatures in the deck, right. which I think for a Spellslinger deck does sound about right. I am seeing an issue, though, with the deck in terms of playing stuff because it's a lot of big mana. Right, yeah, a lot of X spells. And, and yeah, Jeskai is not really known for producing right, tons yeah. of mana. Especially because you only have a handful of, of grains, so there's a fair amount of ramp cards in it, but it's deceiving because a lot of them just reduce the cost of instants and sorceries, yep. which really don't help you in terms of casting your commander over and over again. But I think a 3-5 for this sort of deck isn't that ridiculous, right? Um, it's definitely a five out of 10. Yeah. So a three, five, three, if you're sitting at a table and it's fun kitchen table magic, this deck would fit well with that because usually people aren't doing stuff until turn seven or eight anyways. I took some time to think about the beer for this. Okay. And it was kind of tough to lock down. There was a lot of hops and a fair amount of grain, which made me think that this would be some super hop bomb IPA, something really, really strong there. But there's not a ton of yeast, and there's not a whole lot of ways to win the game immediately, right? Sure. So uh, I actually went with a little local brand here. This is a Torn Label Brewing down in the Crossroads. Ooh. We're actually uh, blast from the past. An old associate of ours, Alex, works there. Wow. So yes, I indeed. went. I went on a date there, and it's a long story, but I bumped into him, and he was bartending. Okay. The date was going horrible. I literally walked her to her car, got in my car, waited for her to pull away, and then just walked back in and talked with Alex for like 30 minutes. So, as customary, please don't give me any of your infections you got going Yeah, on. seriously, we guys. We used to play a little bit of magic with Alex. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, we sure did. Yeah, just- yeah, and Big Tuck's illusion is I'm basically broken, guys. Yeah. Uh, Sunday, before we did our game day, uh, my joint in my right foot, like that connects like the big toe to the foot kind of hurt, but it was like, ah, whatever I put, I threw on some very sweet basketball shoes uh, that I've worn in a previous those, yeah, episode. Those coming to America ones are pretty cool. Yeah. And I thought that the support would be great, but then Monday my foot was three times the size. I couldn't bend any of my toes and I couldn't walk. And then my foot's as it's getting a little bit better this week. Now my right hand, I have tendonitis. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. It's uh, it's yeah, really impairing I'm, I'm, your, your typing of the, of the grain bill here. Yeah, so let me tell you. All right, All right go ahead. Ugh. Yeah, I figured it's a little bit, it's a little better. Uh, the one thing I like on this though is that it says it's a sessionable beer. It's a 5.6, but it says it's packed with hops. So it says that this is the pale ale. That's the ultimate IPA in disguise, which I thought kind of fit this mm. deck as well. Look at that. Huh? All right. But uh, should we get into it? Yeah, let's uh, dive into the rampant grain bill. Big Tut, kick it off. Okay, so this one I think is probably going to be a staple. And I would call it, call back to a previous deck, this deck's Fluctuator. Okay. There's no reason I don't think it should be in any one of these decks. And I'm surprised it hasn't seen the spike. 
We're talking Catalyst Stone. Yep. I actually, funny story about that. When I saw this get previewed, I went ahead and said, you know what? That's the Jess guy I want to build. Yeah. And I started looking up just, I literally went on Gatherer, typed in Flashback, and just sorted through yeah, like three or four hundred yeah, cards. Yeah, yeah. And a bunch of them were like 10 cents because they're garbage. But then this one I saw was only like a dollar or something oh, okay. like that. And I was like, well, I'm going to get that because I think it's going to spike to 15, 20 bucks. Yeah. Has not seen the spike yet. But it's still, I mean, a dollar to a dollar to five dollars is, yeah. is a decent putt. But I mean, this was this is going to be in every one of these decks that care about that second ability, I would think. So it's an artifact for two colorless. It says flashback costs you pay costs up to two less. And then flashback costs your opponents pay costs two more. So I'm guessing that second one is rarely going to matter. <laughs> but... Well, I think this is really cool because we were talking about how the curve goes and generally how you get screwed is the flashback costs usually costs a little a bit more. more. Yeah. yeah. And I think as soon as you get this down, this almost converts the decks overall CMC by like one yeah. across the board, right? This is going to fuel you into the cards that you want. Um, it'll be able to cast bigger spells off of flashback as well. Maybe a couple more to copy into. So again, I think this is going to be the fluctuator of this deck where it's just going to be in every single one. Yeah, absolutely. And the great thing is that it only costs two to play itself. So if it's early in the game and you're kind of hurting for that mana, it's easy to play. Um, It's something that I don't think your opponents are truly going to be targeting for removal. I don't think so. And and Uh, unless they see something stupid in your graveyard where it's like, oh, good, he can't do that. Right. Yeah, totally. That's the only way anyone would ever target. As opposed to the fluctuator where as soon as people start realizing what you're doing, it's off the board. Right. So I think this is definitely an instrumental card in this deck. But like I said, it's not that big of a threat and this deck doesn't really need it to go. But it's so good when it gets going. Absolutely. So what about about you? What's your first one? So my first one is Dak Faden. Oh, okay. This is a legendary planeswalker. One in is it, which is blue red comes in with three loyalty. It's plus one, says target player draws two, two cards, then discards two, yep, minus great. two, gain control of target artifact, and then the minus six, uh, it's not applicable here, but you get an emblem. Whenever you cast a spell that targets one or more permanents, gain control of those permanents. Yeah. I'll never emblem them, which no. I know I've said before in games <laughs> and that I've ended up doing it, but I actually have them in here because the plus one right. is amazing. It's so good, yeah. Because you draw two, throw those flashbacks, or even, as you'll see later on, normal instants and sorceries mm-hmm. into that yard, so then that way they're just sitting there. Some people are like, oh, he threw Cyclonic Rift in the graveyard. Oh, I'm not, okay. Yeah, yeah whatever. Cool, right? it's gone yeah. now. But that's good for me because it's a sleeper. No one's worried, hey, does he have it in his hand? And as you'll see later on, I have ways to cast non-flashback stuff or non-retrace stuff or non-jumpstart yep. stuff out of the yard. And so. I would, and I think what's great about him is he doesn't pass a lot of the tests we talked about, right? Like, he doesn't really have a way to defend himself immediately coming down Correct. and his ultimate won't win you the game. He's just a value train, especially for three. And then also, that, like we talked about before, this deck doesn't have a lot of ways to accelerate. Yep. So if you can pick off someone's soul ring... Chromatic Lantern, Gilded Lotus. That is another way to like go above. And there's, I mean, I think we, most people that we play with have some semblance of an artifact deck or one that's important on it. They're so valuable. There's so many artifacts. You know, you steal a Darkseal Forge and you can completely shut down someone's thing. So I think. Or you just play this late game, steal someone's Blightsteel Colossus. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great. No, I I think he's really good. Um, He's also the greatest thief in the multiverse, but. He is not the greatest planeswalker that's ever been printed, but this one is the best pick and the best card in the deck. Tybalt the Fiend Blooded. Yeah! Such garbage. You finally figured it out. I only have him in here. <laughs> I, 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 I had a bunch of TCG player credit like six months ago, and I said, you know what? I'm going to buy as many, because I collect foil yeah. planeswalkers. I'm going to buy as many foil planeswalkers as I can. And this guy was like a $1.50 yeah. at the time. I, I'm pr- and I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure his non-foil printing is more expensive, because this was printed in a dual deck that no one bought. 
<laughs> so it, it was like him and Soren, which is like, it's bad. But this card is amazing, and I'm glad you finally wised up to putting it into as many red decks as you can. So, do you even have it in a red deck? Uh, not yet, but I am. Oh, putting what it. is all this star? No, no, I have a copy. I'm, I had it in my bad Planeswalker deck, and I'm moving it to the Madness deck, which we'll get to on the action news. All right. So, Tibble, two drop, two red, the cheapest Planeswalker in the game. He comes in with two loyalty counters and has three relevant abilities. <laughs> They're not all number, relevant. <laughs> number one, draw a card, then discard a card at random. Perfect. It does exactly what you want. It ramps you and it gets your card drawn red. Sure, sometimes you will just draw the card and just immediately <laughs> throw it in the graveyard. But then it's like a free entomb in this deck, so that's awesome. Minus four deals damage equal to the number of cards target player's hand to that player. Again, probably won't use it that often. Nope. But if you're playing against some degenerate deck that draws a lot of cards, you might be able to blast someone there. Because no one's going to be attacking Tibble at all. But the thing is, though, I can't even do that out of nowhere. At least Dak, I can come down and yeah, steal and the steal artifact something. immediately. But this, this thing is going to take and discard a card turn one, it goes to three. Turn two, it goes to four. <laughs> then turn three. It takes three turns, and then he kills himself. But then if you can struggle it up, if you can get all the way to, to minus six, which I've actually seen done before, oh. if you can believe it, you gain control all creatures until end of turn. Untap them, they gain haste until end of turn. So you get a free insurrection on this card. This card's freaking amazing. I have two more ordered because I realize I've cut it out of all the deck sets <laughs> that I had it in, except for one, which we'll get to later. But I'm really glad you finally saw the light on, on Tibble. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> once again, kind of like Dak, the plus one, it feeds into the flashback yep. or the potential flashback stuff. But then the minus six, because like I said, I don't run a lot of creatures yeah. in here. If heaven forbid I ever get to that, uh, it would be kind of nice. Right. Then I yes. can, at least I can maybe beat. Yeah, exactly. And so. insurrection's always good. So yeah. even if you have to wait six turns for it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what, what do you got? All I'm, right. I've not him. So. No. Uh, the next one was going to be my potential commander. Kaikar wins fury. Yeah, I, I was, I, and I, it's cool that you mentioned that because I couldn't remember what the story was on this. I know you're hot on this, but then someone yeah. beat you to the punch. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Pretty much. Uh, so he is one in Jeskai. So that is blue, red, white flying bird wizard. Three, three. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, create a one, one white spirit creature token with flying sack a spirit at a red mana. So I have him in here, A, because I'd already bought the foil copy to make a deck. So it's not going to just sit in the binder and not do anything. Uh, I can't put him into the Is It deck that eventually I'll make, which will also be a spell slider. Right. So I had to put he, him in he here. He doesn't fit in your legendary deck. Nope, nope. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. <laughs> so the thing I like about Kaikar is I'm casting tons of non-creature yeah. spells. And a lot of times I'm forking them, double forking them, triple forking them. So I'm getting all these one, one spirit creature tokens with flying. I don't think the copies count because you're not casting them. It's because they're just a copy of that spell. Well, you not know, cast. The, what I cast fork, I'll but, get it off of that. But, saying, but I was just saying that to clarify. I think this card's awesome in this deck. And again, it gives you another source of ramp, right? Yeah, because, you know, you cast them and then you get a spirit and you can sack it for red. And so he's kind of in here because A, I can do a little bit of ramp. Yeah, probably not a ton. But then B, I'm going to have blockers, chumpers, right, yep, which, so you need, people, which I need, need badly. And C, I don't think people are going to be targeting him because right, yeah. I'm, I'm, there's no way in this deck I'm going to be able to cast, not just play, right. tons of uh, non-creature spells at once. I don't have any degenerate like zero drops that right. I can just do over and over and over. 
And I think that there's a lot of cards in here that are just cantrips that may have retrace or something like that. Mm-hmm. So these these just turn those even better, right? Yeah. So the more you can cast them, the more spirits you get. I think it's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board on cool. that. Cool. What's your next so one? So the last one for me is, I was. this is very clever, and I'm very proud of you for digging this one up. All right. So it's Secrets of the Dead. So two colorless. Now, I didn't actually dig this up. This the, came oh, it came with it. Oh, I, oh okay. Well, giving me credit. I'll still give you credit All right. because you didn't cut it. So at least you made that conscious decision. Go. So two colorless and a blue for a blue enchantment. Whenever you cast a spell from your graveyard, draw a card. I like this card a lot. This has been the first deck I've seen that will use this card. Besides Moldrotha, maybe. There we go. Yeah, Moldrotha. There we go. You're going to be getting a lot off this. You're going to be drawing your more cards, sure. right? Like it gives you another reason to keep doing flashback, to keep digging for answers, to keep digging up ramp. It fills a gap that your commander fills better. Well, and the other thing I like about it is that with the few retrace and jumpstart spells that I have, you discard from the hand, you cast the spell for its mana cost. Well, you get to draw a card and then I can, as long as I have the mana, I just keep doing it. I just keep filtering through the deck. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And again, I thought I couldn't tell on the set symbol when I was looking at this. So I was like, oh, you figured it out. No, nope. evidently, <laughs> evidently, Watsy figured it out before you. But yep. I think it's great. I think it's really cool. I'm glad you kept it in. But what, what do you got for the last one? So my last one is Primal Amulet. Yeah, and this yeah, is kind of absurd. And this is kind of actually a grain yeast card. Yes. So the artifact side, Primal Amulet, four colorless artifact. Incident sorcery spells you cast cost one less to cast. Whenever you cast an incident sorcery spell, put a charge counter on Primal Amulet. Then, if there are four or more charge counters on it, you may remove one of those counters and transform it. So, the Primal Amulet side is the grain side, because I get that mana reduction. Yep. The next side, which is the way better side, (laughs) is called... Primal Wellspring. Yep, and that's a land... And it says, tap, add one mana of any color to your mana pool, so it mana fixes. Yep. When that mana is spent to cast an instant or sorcery spell, copy that spell, and you may choose new targets for the copy. Oh! Hey, that's just fork on a land. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the amulet's easy to get rid of, and it does take some buildup. You've got to right. have those four yeah. counters on there, so your opponents can't remove it. But at least in our playgroup, we don't play a ton of single land destruction. Yeah. So once it turns into the wellspring... It's pretty much going to stick. And then if you cast something from the graveyard and you use this, it's going to cast three times. Yeah. One for the original, one for Wellspring and one for Savine. Nice. Yeah. And again, I think this is something that we talked about how there's not a lot of uh, artifact or enchantment removal in our group. And I think this is something that will probably stick and flip often, especially because if you so you play this turn four or turn three or whatever, the next turn you very well may cast three cantrips, right? Or three low cost cards. That will trigger this and flip it over. And three is so easy to get any way you cut it, right? Yeah. But yeah, I think this is great. I think this is probably a spell slinger staple. Yeah. I wish I had one, but I just haven't gotten one yet. Um, sure. But yeah, I know I'm, I'm big on it. I, awesome. I'm, glad, I'm glad we got to talk about it here. The one thing that's weird is there's a lot of flip cards from the Ixalan block, right? Yep. And I think this might be one of the only, if not the only one, that's not legendary. Really? Yeah. Because oh, I, I just norm- now noticed that. Yeah, same here. So when it flips over, usually they're legendary lands, and yeah. this one isn't. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter in this deck sure. at all. It's just interesting that there's like. Could, could you imagine how broken that would have been if this was. I don't know if this was a real card in standard, but imagine if you had a play set of them in there yeah. and they all transformed and you tapped four and you copied it four times. Well, this was part. This I think this was. And someone will correct me on the internet, but I'm pretty sure there was like this Bizarro Turbo Fog deck that played this and Nexus of Fate. Oh, okay. when that was legal. And then just kept doing that over oh, and over God. and over again. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I know it's great. I think it's awesome. And I, th- I think it really does everything that this deck wants. Awesome. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for the yeah. grain bill. Next one is we're going to kick it off with your board state and the hot profile. I'm going to start this guy off with 
one of the few creatures I have in the deck. It is Backdraft Hellkite. Yeah, a new one. Yep, and so this is three colorless red red oh. dragon 4-4. Four, four. It's a flyer because it gotta be a flyer if you're yeah. a dragon. And it says whenever a Backdraft Hellkite attacks, each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard gains flashback until end of turn. The flashback cost is equal to its mana cost. So kind of like how I was talking about earlier, where I don't mind pitching the non-recurrable instants and sorceries. Right. And this is just when he attacks. So I declare the attack. His trigger goes on the stack before blockers are declared. Maybe I rift. Yeah, sure. I, I could do a lot of different things out of the graveyard now because they all have flashback. Plus, we'll get on to a little bit later on some degenerate things that you can do with them. <laughs> yeah, I think, and again, like, I would credit you for saying that this is a great inclusion. However, this is in it. And I guarantee if you look at, the, like, the distribution of what decks this card is in, it's 100% this one. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> on there. So it's probably pretty narrow in terms of other decks it would work in, but it works really great in this one. So there's something to say about that, too. Would you consider throwing this in your Is It deck? Uh, maybe. B, I don't or have a wart deck, maybe. Maybe a wart deck, because with blue, there's already enough ways to play stuff from your graveyard. Okay. Warts, probably pretty good because you can run out of gas and getting stuff back, especially instants and sorceries. So, sure. Uh, it would be interesting. I'd, okay. be, I'd be willing to try it. Okay. Um, What's your uh, first one? So, my first one is something that plays very nicely with this mission briefing. Okay. So, this card is awesome. It's new and it is two blue. Surveil 2, which means you can look at the top two cards of your library and you can either put them back on your library or bend them. Then choose an instant or sorcery card in your graveyard. You may cast that card this turn. If that card would be put in your graveyard this turn, exile instead. Yep. So this is pretty much Snapcaster on a card. Yep. Uh, it can You can copy it a lot easier. Filtering through those top two will help a lot. The ability to bend, bend them it, is yeah. so great. This would be worst case scenario, right? You could tap to get this have nothing and put two flashback cards in your graveyard, right? Absolutely. Or even one. Yeah. So I think just being able to filter with the benefit of being able to cast something in the graveyard with flashback or not is really huge, right? It's just another way because, like you said, there's a lot of effects that put stuff into the graveyard, yep. right? The faithless looting sort of thing. And I think this is just another tool in the tool belt They'll be able to pull this stuff back from. Totally agree. And this is actually the card on Sunday that I casted with Approach of the Second Sun oh. in the graveyard and <laughs> nice. thought I could win. Not the case. And so, you know, I, I think it does a lot of things for me. Mm -hmm. Once again, it's giving me access to stuff that doesn't normally have a way to play out of the graveyard. Right. The way, and it's cheap. It's only two mana. Right. And I think we would all agree if we could cast a Cyclonic Rift from the graveyard for only two mana more once we've already done it earlier. Oh, yeah. It's, 100%. Yeah, yeah, if that card said this, it would be in every blue deck that's ever been Absolutely. printed. Absolutely. And I think this one's almost, if you can't afford Snapcaster, oh, I think sure. this goes into every Spellslinger deck. Yep. Right? It does the same thing for 175th of the price. Well, or and like honestly, that. I think it does it a little bit better. You think so? Okay. Because yeah, the Surveil 2 is real nice. Right, yeah. Because, guys, if you're not familiar with Surveil 2, Surveil's a mechanic that's basically like scry but if you don't like the card instead of on the bottom of the library it goes in the graveyard it right. goes so if it's early in the game and you look at it and it's like i need lands bad yeah. and i didn't see anything i'm gonna quickly bin them totally possibly get a land or even late game oh just more lands i don't right. need this stuff let me put it there and i think this could almost be a staple we love throwing that word love around <laughs> in demir decks demir yes love, I, I, would agree, I would agree with that they for love sure. graveyard I, think, I would consider putting this in my zombie deck yeah. because sometimes my Gisa and Geralt deck, I'll actually mill out my good instances of sorceries and I don't have a way to get them back. Right. So this would be a fantastic way. I could look at them. Oh, these are zombie cards right. straight to the See yard. Yeah. And then, Hey, let me get that insert random sorcery. Right. 
And to your point, I think uh, I think this is in my Demir deck and my Spellslinger deck. Oh, and there you it go. Always does good. It's it's a good one. And I'll point out, it also says this turn, mm-hmm. which is nice because sometimes those oh you can cast an instant or sorcery and it's just period. And right. So you have to do it then right, right away. Sometimes yeah. you need attack triggers to get mana. Sometimes you need maybe make people draw cards for a smothering type to get some treasures. Yeah. It gives you the flexibility till that end of turn. So I love it. Totally. Um, I, I think it's great in here. Yeah. Yeah. What do you What do you got up next? So my next one is a amazing card. And I think I may end up putting this in almost every blue deck that I can. Narset's reversal. Oh yeah, I was gonna. Okay, I was gonna talk about this. This is this card's insane. This, this card's <laughs> stupid. So Narset's reversal, double blue instant. Copy target instant or sorcery spell, then return it to its owner's hands. You may choose new targets for the copy. So first thing when I see this card is that sometimes someone's going to play something that can't be countered. Right. This gets around uncounterable yes. spells because you're not countering it. You're actually copying it, it. And then you put the copy back into the person's hands. And so therefore it's no longer on the stack. It doesn't, nothing happens, but then you get the effect. So right there, that's great. Cause a lot of times you, someone does play something and like uh, I have a land that may get talked about later that says, Hey, when mana's spent, this spell can't be countered. Well, this gets around that. The bigger right. reason why I really, really like this card is because this helps a particular yeast card I'll talk about later from getting exiled. I'll just leave it there. I think I know what you're probably going to talk about. I think, so. I think you do. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty obvious. I've wondered about this, and just for those playing the home game, there is a ruling on it that says if a spell is returned to its owner's hand, it's removed from the stack and it will not result. Yep. So I played. I've gotten to this argument before where people think that since it's just returned to hand, oh, it, it's still cast nope. trigger, but nope, it just dissipates. Yep. Again, awesome card, beautiful in any dollar eighty four. Yeah, exactly. Everything for more of the spark is like super cheap. Mm-hmm. Like all the rares, almost everything. Very so, affordable. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And and again. This plays really well into my next top card, All right. which we've already talked about, Narset and Lightmaster. Hey. So, oh, I didn't know we were going to get into it beforehand, but if you've been playing Commander for a fair amount of time, you know this one. Three colorless and Jeskai, that is blue, red, white, for a 3-2 human monk legendary creature. First strike, Hexproof. When she attacks, exile the top four cards of your library until end of turn. You may cast on creature cards exiled this way without paying their mana cost. Yep. Everyone knows this, and this is my opinion. I had my Jessica deck that had her in it, and then when I switched decks, I actually just took her out completely. Oh, yeah. But then I played against someone that had a Jessica deck, and she was one of the 99. I'm like, oh, no, she's still good. (laughs) It does everything. Even if you only get one trigger off it, Again, you're going to be able to hit stuff, you yep. know, as long as it, especially the a lot of Jeskai builds that I see, like mine, for instance, is more Voltron focused. Sure. So usually I'm not going to hit a lot of creatures because I don't really have that many. Yep. And this will always give you something in return. And if you can get two, three triggers out of this and only get two cards, this is going to skyrocket you ahead in value. And you may hit your big expropriate. You may hit your other big spells and just be able to turn them off immediately. And and, and to kind of let you guys know, there's only eight creatures in yes. the deck. So you have a very high percentage mm-hmm. of actually hitting the good stuff. The only the only downside, and this happened to me once when I ran it, is I hit it. I hit four lands. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm not casting other spells. <laughs> and then, then someone board wiped and I was like, well. I guess I'm done here. So. <laughs> well, and I and I think another thing, she, it's nice that she has Hexproof. Yes. So they're going to have to board wipe if they want to get rid of her, most likely, unless it's a bounce effect or something. But in this deck, kind of like Kaikar, 
people will know you're playing a flashback deck. Right. It's not something like when Big Tech was like, oh, I'm playing Zur and it's fair Zur, it's cycling. They could be like, oh, you're just playing some cycling cards, yeah, yeah, but yeah. You're, you're, a, you're a POS and I'm going to kill you. Uh, Savine literally just yeah. says double flashback. So I think when Norset hits, people aren't necessarily going to be like, oh God, I have to board wipe now. It's like, what are you going to get? Yeah, let's, uh, see, let's see this play out yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're going to get a mandate of peace. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, you really, you really got me there. Yeah. So. I think I think she goes into a lot of just guy decks just because of all the value sure. and you're just gonna hit stuff through there. Yep. So what do you got next? So my last one is a card that I'm calling it White Staple moving oh, forward. Oh, I know what this is. Uh, <laughs> I've is, actually is. already put it in some decks, and you would think that the drawback is very bad for you, but it actually hasn't turned out that bad because we play in Commander. Winds of Abandon. Yeah, this card's awesome. <laughs> came out in Modern Horizons, still a dollar seventy-two. I actually bought ten copies. Did you really? Yeah, <laughs> uh, for like a buck fifty. Because I know nice. I'm gonna put them in decks. Yeah, it's just yeah. gonna happen. So it's one in a white sorcery. Exile target creature you don't control. For each creature exiled this way, its controller searches their library for a basic land card. They put them on the battlefield yep. tapped. It's basically a path to exile, but you will never cast it for the two unless you're unless really you're desperate. desperate. Yeah. Just like Cyclonic Rift. Yeah, right. It has an overload cost. That's how old, I mean, like, that's a blanket statement for all overload cards. For the yeah. most part, you will cast them for the, unless you're in a bind. Yeah. You know, and that's, I've seen it before where someone has to cast Cyclonic Rift for two, and, you're, <laughs> and they always have the same look where it's just like, oh. I have to do this. <laughs> and then even the person that gets it bounced, they're like, they're I like, feel bad yeah, for you like, too. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> so the overload, uh, if you're not familiar with that, it's four double white. So it'll cost six. So it's one less than rift, but it is sorcery speed. You may cast a spell for its overload cost. If you do change its text by replacing all instances of target with each. So basically for six mana at sorcery speed, you exile all your opponent's creatures yep. and they get all the basic lands. So here's been my experience with this card. Normally, you'd be like, oh, God, that's terrible. I'm giving them 20 lands or something ridiculous. You got to remember, we're playing commander. Usually, it's multicolored. Sure. If you get if you're playing in the one monocolor deck, they're going to be it's three on one. They're just like, that's amazing. Yeah, they're going to be. And you probably won't cast it then, to be honest, unless you're really desperate. Right, right. But most people probably have 10 to 15 total basics. By the time you get to that point, they probably have five of them out. Right. So, yeah, I'm giving you maybe five to ten mana. But the other thing you got to think about with this is that most likely if you're casting this, you needed to get rid of all the creatures. Right. So you probably actually set them way, way further back. back because also their hand sizes are probably to two, maybe three yeah, cards. Right. Yeah, you just gave them five to ten extra mana uh, for getting rid of their creatures. But that maybe helps them cast one spell that they couldn't before. And again, like if you hit their commander with this, they're already out two lands, right? So. Even if you do get three or four lands for them, if they want to cast their commander again, yep. they already have to use two of those Correct. just to get it. And I believe with the replacement effect, they wouldn't get they wouldn't the get land for, for the, the commander. No, they yeah. So it's technically setting them back three. Right. You're losing yeah, yeah, the commander, yeah. not getting a land, and the command tax. And like you said, this is usually this is usually a late game play. Yep. And they probably have, they may have already cast their commander two, three, maybe sure. even four times. And now you could it could be even more, right? So Absolutely. if this pushes them to their fourth commander casting, they have to pay eight more. You could just completely ruin their entire deck. And the other nice thing about this deck is that when we didn't talk about it, I do have the ways to play sorceries at instant speed. Yes. So I, if I have that out, I can kind of use this like a cyclonic rift. Right. In step, flash do this it. out, done. They're not going to have anything to do with their lands even when they get them or they yep. don't even untap. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think this card's really good. Um, and to your point, I watched a 
Star City Games, who are my boys, and they did it. And some guy was playing a Lance Matter deck. He exiled 20 tokens and he got one land out of it. Wow. He only had one force left in his entire, in his entire deck. <laughs> well, and the other thing I like about this card is it doesn't exile itself. Right. So if it goes to my graveyard, guys, and then I use one of those like the mission briefing, then I'm going to do it again and uh, they're going to get nothing. Yeah. Because they already got everything before. So right. now I'm just getting free, free exiles. Yeah, totally. No, so. I, think, I think this card's awesome and I, yeah, I would agree. I don't know how up in price it's going to go because I don't know where it's played. If it stays this low, I think it's almost th- a staple. I think this is literally a, hey, Commander players, buy Modern Horizons. Yeah, right. Maybe, you'll get, maybe you'll get one of maybe these. Maybe you get one. Yeah. So, all right, what's your last card? So I was actually surprised that this one didn't come in the deck oh. because this is a new style of card, relatively. And there was one of these, what well, kind of enchantment, though? One that progresses each upkeep. Correct. Hey. So we're talking about the Mirari Conjecture. So, Which almost sounds kind of like a Dateline show. Yeah. Welcome to the Marari Conjecture. <laughs> so um, I, the reason why I'm surprised this wasn't in it is because the Madness deck came with a Saga. And I know they've these are pretty underutilized, so I, yep. wasn't, I was more surprised that it's like, oh, this works great. So hmm. uh, Marari Conjecture, Enchantment Saga, four colorless and a blue. So the way this works, it enters the battlefield with one counter on it, one lore counter, and then at each upkeep, it gets another lore counter and certain abilities trigger. So for this one... When you play it immediately, you get an instant card. You get an uh, instant card from your graveyard to your hand. Awesome. Yep. Always going to have targets. The next time, you get a sorcery from your hand. Great. And I think this is really cool, too, because if you have the mana for it, you can kind of play around that, right? Sure. So if you have if you have your wins... So think about it this way. We just talked about your wins of Abandon. Knowing that the next turn, you're going to get it back immediately. Oh, yeah. You can just use it and burn something immediately. Like, all right, well, I have two mana floating. I'm just going to get rid of your commander. And then next turn, I'm going to get rid of everything else, right? Yep. So I think that's really cool. Um, and then the last one is until end of turn, uh, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy. Awesome. That's any of them. It's absurd. Yeah. And I think we we touched on this during your Kara Metro deck when we talked about Song of Fraley's. I think that these are so new yep. and they're, they're sort of clunky yeah. that I don't, it's going to be rare where this won't fire off, right? Unless Correct. someone's actually paying attention and being like, if this goes another turn, this game's probably going to be over. And like we talked about, enchantment removal is it's, few and yeah, far between. Yeah, it's at so a, a, you got to have a, opponents that are paying attention. B, there's that politics game to where it's like, well... I could deal with it, but I'd rather do this. Jim to my left will probably do it. Then Jim's going to be right. like, well, Amy to my left will probably deal with it. Speaking of which, and then I'm it's coming turn. for you, Jimmy. Oh, Lord. I'm still, I still got it. I still got it. <laughs> uh, but no, I think it's great. And then once again, guys, I wanted to have multiple ways for Savine to get even more value. Yeah. So once again, it goes to that three. You sacrifice it. Oh, Savine, let's uh, go ahead and do triple right. out of the yeah, graveyard. Totally. It's, a little, it's a little expensive. But I think, it, again, you will, I guarantee nine times out of ten, you will at least get the first two. Yep. And then someone might wake up and be like, oh, wait, this is this is probably going to be an issue. <laughs> and it's 42 cents. Yep. Right? So totally, totally on board with it. All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up the uh, hot profile. Let's settle it off with yeast. Uh, Big Tuck, what do you want to start with? Okay. So I want to talk about a card that I'm really, that you were probably ecstatic to find a home for. It's a legendary creature. Oh, yeah. Ready? Three, Three, two, two one. one. God, God Eternal Kefnit. Yeah! We'd high five, but I'm crippled. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I, as soon as I saw Sorry, this, guys, I, I got saw, you. Hey! They call that a Foley in the industry. Ooh. So look at that. So yeah, I, I saw this, and it's in that horrible where you, you can barely it's great. read it. It looks, it looks terrible. There, do you really think this is only $16? They are not going for a lot. Really? I well, think I end up it's overpaid. Pro- it's probably because they're illegible. Or... Wait, what do you mean? Yeah. It's white text. No, but it's just okay. So I clicked on it and it pulled up the original one, and now I can actually read it. So okay, so 
Two colorless for a four or five zombie god. Two colorless blue, blue, blue. blue. Thank you. Yeah, it's just two colors for <laughs> just a two colorless for a legendary god, guys. <laughs> so it's a four or five flyer, which is great on curve. Yep. You may reveal the first card you draw each turn as you draw it. Whenever you reveal an instant or sorcery card this way, copy that card and you may cast it. That copy casts two less to cast, and it has the trigger of the of the latest god set. Where when it's put in the graveyard or exiled from the battlefield, you may put it into its owner's library third from the top. So there's a lot. I looked through this. There's a lot of scries. You have your scroll rack that we talked about earlier. So I'm guessing that you're going to be able to manipulate the top of your library. Correct. So where you're going to be able to hit the things that you want. And again, your big daddy expropriate those other big, big cards, even ones that I'm not talking about because it's kind of in this deck a lot. But the things that give your other stuff flashback. Yep. Being able to cast that for cheaper because sometimes those are kind of expensive. Sure. Helps round that out a lot. Absolutely. And you still get the card back. Yep, and and this will actually be a perfect segue into my first one, which is expropriate. But the oh, great okay. thing about it is that the what what Big Tech's kind of talking about with your scroll racks and your Sensi's divining tops is that you're able to manipulate your hand to the top of your library a lot of times. Right. Yeah. And then so say for example, and we'll go right into expropriate. Expropriate <laughs> seven colorless you just blue you just blue help yourself, sorcery. You know? And it has Council's Dilemma starting with you. Each player votes for time or money. For every time vote, take an extra turn. For each money vote, choose a permanent owned by that voter and gain control of it, then exile expropriate. For those who haven't seen this card in the wild, take money every time. <laughs> every time, take money. It Always doesn't matter. Always take time. Always take money. <laughs> and this will actually be our October giveaway card, so yeah, maybe yeah, you'll yeah. get to play with one. I thought but time is money. Watch Ooh. it. Pipe down, squeeze. You're way out of your element. <laughs> but the, the the thing about expropriate guys, and I know Josh and Jimmy talk a lot about this, oh. is that it's it's very OP. It's very powerful. Basically, you're stealing three permanents and taking an extra turn. But the upside for your opponents is it usually gets exiled. exiled right. Well, this is a Rube Goldberg, Goldberg machine. machine. So the, the great thing about it is that, oh, I have it in my hand. Well, I'm going to scroll rack for one, put draw a card, put expropriate on the top. Yeah. Turn happens, Kefnet. Oh, I reveal expropriate. Instead of casting it for nine, I'm going to cast it for seven. seven. <laughs> I get an extra turn. Oh, by the way, I'm going to scroll rack again, put it on top, and then do it again. And then I'm going to basically steal all of my opponent's permits. Right. Yeah, I know. That I, just happens forever. This is one of those cards that we, we mentioned this earlier. I don't really like this card. It's not my play style. However, the caveat I have with this is that it is one of those cards like an insurrection, like a um, oh, rise of the dark realm. Right. So like each each deck has one of these super OP, super expensive. And if you cast it, you generally win the game. Right. Yep. So that's why I'm OK ish with this card. I think it's frustrating and I hate it. It's dollars. Like you said, you love a Rube Goldberg. Machine. Yes. And I do. I, mean, I, I am a sucker for a Rube Goldberg. Because basically I'm going to need seven mana and God Eternal Kefnet on the battlefield and, and scroll rack. rack on the battlefield. To make this happen, yeah. I don't even necessarily win the game. I just steal all your permanents, right. and then if I only have seven mana, I don't have a way to draw cards. I'm just literally You're playing just doing it every forever. time. Yeah, it's like okay, here you go. Take my take my mountain. Yeah, or uh, at that point, okay, take my nothing. Yeah, <laughs> all right, you got nothing then. So, so I'm, right. I'm okay. I'm okay with it. I'm all right with it. I feel like I'm turning you on these cards that usually you're not okay with, like Gaddick Teague and Lavinia and my God deck. You're like, I usually hate these things. And you're like, well, now it's kind of sitting with me. It's not terrible. It only only makes sense in these decks. Like this card in your Jota deck is horrible because you can have to turn five. (laughs) And especially like Gaddick Teague, that's a choice to put it in there, right? Because it is legendary and it works in that deck. If you just threw that into some random green-white deck, that's another thing. But I think this one, specifically for this deck, and because it's a Spell Slinger, and... If you can pass and flames it and cast it from your graveyard, all this sort of stuff, I think I think this works really well in this deck. Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing I like about it is even if I don't do the Rue Goldberg machine, guys, 
lot of times I'll actually just discard it and then cast it with Savine right, yeah. and get it, you know, at and least then you the get double another, flashback. And then you get so. two at least, yeah, yep. for sure. All right, so what's your uh, second one? So the next one is one of my favorite new cards that's been printed recently. We're talking A Storm is Brewing. Uh, a Thousand uh, Year Storm! <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. Yeah, this card's sweet. All right, so uh, this got printed within the last year, and I have really not seen it that much out in the wild. Yep. So four colorless, a blue, and a red. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, copy it for each other instant and sorcery spell you've cast before it this turn. You may choose new targets for the copies. So it does, it pretty much gives you fake storm yep. on any card you cast. You cast a couple of cantrips and expropriate. You cast a couple. Or you cast expropriate first, and then right. on the stack, I'm going to fork it. And then on the stack, I'm going to yeah, do this. Yeah, you're going to do this. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. it's just like. Blah, 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 so blah. I, think, I think, I can't remember who it was, but someone previewed this, and they said, like, that if this card sticks and you untap, the table has erred greatly. <laughs> in any deck, right? So just for example, Mistakes have I, been made. I run this in my, I don't run this in my normal Spellslinger deck because I think it's kind of expensive and I got other ways to do this, what this is doing, right? And that one's less about like playing a bunch of spells. It's a lot more about playing like bigger spells sure. faster. But this is in my other Spellslinger deck with the Locust God one, the oh, Broad sure. Bible one. And I just did that. So this is kind of a dumb thing to do with it. But we were playing at work and we only have an hour to play. So it was kind of getting near the end of it. And I assembled my own Rube Goldberg machine to headshot and kill myself so that the other two people could duke it out and win faster. Uh, this makes every cantrip you have even better. Every single one. And like a lot of times you're like, oh God, what am I going to do with this? What, what am I going to do with all these one drops, these faithless lootings late in the game? Now all this does just fuel into this and do something even bigger and better. So I think this card's awesome. Probably a, a borderline is it staple in most decks sure. that, need, that run Spellslinger. So I just think it's really cool. No. Yeah, I'm all for it. I think the one thing that you do have to kind of be careful of, guys, kind of like when Yarok came out and it came out the same time as the, the, the new enters the battlefield, tap, sacrifice two uh, Lotus Lotus Field. Or Lotus something like Field. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, just like how Yarok gives you double ETB triggers mm -hmm. and it's not a May ability. If you played like that land, you actually have to sacrifice four lands right. for the one. Same thing with this. You kind of kind of have to be careful, like how Big Tuck mentioned, oh, I got these Faithless Lootings. You need right. to do them in the right order. Because if you casted Faithless Looting, maybe third card in, you're going to cast it three, three times. times. And yeah. that's going to mean discarding six cards, drawing six cards, which could be nice. Right. And but, it, then, and but then you're just getting rid of a bunch of stuff. And you don't even have a choice on this one. You Correct. can, you can there choose is new no targets. May. There's a May with targets, but you have to cast a spell. Yep. So in like things like Faithless Lootings that don't have a target, you're just going to be You're just going to be down. doing it. So that's one thing to kind of be careful with it. But I really like it because I can cast. I, I don't know if you're talking about this card because I have nothing else to talk about. Uh, <laughs> Devil's Play, which is one oh. of my... It's one of my X spells. Yeah, 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 right. I'm um, not, but... So, yeah, you can cast Devil's Play for five or six X to players and creatures, and then I'm going to fork, and then I'm going to fork, and then maybe I Narset's Reversal right. just because I have this extra mana. That's the ideal way to do it, because you could point everything right. at the Devil's Play. You just don't want to be stuck with uh, three or four Faithless Lootings right. or and again, other like worthless the stuff. And again, with Devil's Play, you can cast it, copy it, from Savine, from Flashback, yep. after something you've been to earlier. So that's probably the most efficient way to win. Yeah. But my last card is not efficient at all. It's another it's another Rube Goldberg machine. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're talking Raul Storm Conduit. So this, for a foil, is $5. I know. For a non-foil, is $0.89, cents, which is absurd. So two colorless and a blue and a red for a Legendary Planeswalker Raul. Comes in with four loyalty counters. I'll get to the, his... Static ability last. Okay. So he plus twos and scries one. Good. Awesome. Good in this deck. Yeah. Does exactly what you want. And that puts him to six. So someone's really going to have to try to kill it. Sure. Right? So you're definitely going to get at least. 
and I do think of all the planeswalkers we've talked about, he will be targeted. Pro- yeah, no likely, way yeah. that someone's going to be like, oh, that's fine. Right. Because the next ability is minus two. And when you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for that copy. So the fact that he can come down and immediately minus two right, twice and do it. That's why I think he'll be targeted. So the Rube Goldberg machine is when you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell. And I haven't even forgot it was cast. I thought it was just copy. Nope, this cast or copy. More berserk. More berserk. Uh, this deals one damage to target opponent or planeswalker. So I think that you can do this in this deck where I think if you do cooperate where you can target uh, another spell. So that and reverberate. Eventually you can get it to the point where you can copy. Oh, yeah. So the trick here is you can copy the copy and then you copy the other copy and then you copy the copy. Correct. And then you just make this infinite wall of copy I do, at instant speed. I do remember when this card got previewed, Saffron Olive, I think, put out a tweet or article or something about that, that it, it is literally a two-card, right. just kill so, everyone. And what? And so, yeah, the way that works is the stack keeps going and going and going and going, and you just get all these 1-1 one, one triggers and until infinite, right? Yep. So the trick that I just realized with this, I think we talked about this earlier, I think this card is busted an Oathbreaker? Oh, because yeah. you just put reverberate or fork or mist or the, the twin cast, which is the does the same thing in blue. Right. Yep. And you've assembled two pieces of your infinite combo in the command. In the command. Oh, zone, God, right? that's gross. Is that stupid? Yeah. Like, you don't need anything. You just need bounce spells, board wipes and copy spells. Literally just run every mana rock that's legal yeah. in Oathbreaker. Get him out. Turn two or three. You win the game. Yeah. Right. Is that <laughs> that's, stupid? Like, that's I was stupid. Thinking, that, was, that was a shower thought this morning at the gym. I was like, wait a minute. Oath, I, know, I knew Earthbreaker sucked, but not this bad. <laughs> so I think there was actually, he was a pretty popular one in Brawl. I don't know, but Brawl sucks. Uh, this card, this <laughs> so does Oathbreaker. This, yeah, or, I'm sure Oathbreaker is terrible too. I've known, I've known to play it, but this card's insane, especially for 80 cents. So yeah, no, I, and, and the fact it's cast or copy, I'm gonna, I have to get one of these. I have one copy, and I gotta get another. I'm about to say for 80 something cents, that's right up big touch yeah, budget corner. It's oh, I got, I got some hot takes for the budget corner <laughs> this week. So, anyways, that's the last of my yeast. Um, one of these again. Love, love a good Rube Goldberg. <laughs> and that's kind of funny that all my yeast cards are Rube Goldberg yeah. machines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So very unlike um, me. We're well, moving into spice. Moving into spice. Uh, there's oh, so we got three. We got three <laughs> options. So I'm guessing. Uh, roll a d6. See what yeah, you get. Exactly. So uh, there's. I am talking about two cards that do the same thing. I'm talking about. I'm, we're doing the exact same thing. Are we? Okay. Yeah. Do, let's do the shorter one. Okay. Okay. Ready? Three, two, one. Pariah. Pariah. Uh, <laughs> yeah self five so honestly okay so, so yeah let's read the card read and I then i'm gonna tell you why i'm cutting it yeah. <laughs> so. or i can tell you why we're cutting one of these so oh. it's two colorless and a white enchantment aura enchant creature all damage that would be dealt to you is dealt to an enchanted creature instead the whole thing with that guys is savine prevent all damage that'll be dealt to savine so you put pariah on savine and all damage you take yeah savine takes but she takes none here's the thing we were talking about this pre-cast i put them in here because all the other content creators and deck builders were like oh man this is sick and i was like oh why not let's throw it in there the thing is you either have to build savine one of two ways right you build it the I'm not even gonna call it flashback tribal. It's graveyard, graveyard. sorcery instant tri- right. tribal. Graveyard spellslinger. There we go. Graveyard spellslinger or earthquake tribal. Mm-hmm. Earthquake dot deck. Yeah, that's what you would have to do because I really don't have any of those effects in here. I just have Pariah and Pariah right. Shield. 
I don't have any way. I don't know. I don't think there's a way to tutor for I, this, right? Nope. I mean, to be fair, you are drawing a metric shitload of cards. Sure. So the chances of actually drawing this. But the other thing is that Savine then becomes easy to remove. Right. You just exile or bouncer. I have one Swiftfoot boots in here right, to right, be able right. to protect her. I'm going to yank it out. Honestly, my recommendation to you guys is that you look at it one of two ways. Yeah. Now, if you want to do some balanced act, kind of like how the deck is out of the uh, box, box yeah. then that's fine. But don't just throw it in here like I did. Just like, oh, yeah. it's cute. It's because literally you got 99 cards. And how many times have you bought a card, put it in a deck, and not seen it for a year and a and, half? And the other version of this in here is even worse. What? Why is it worse? <laughs> we'll get into it. So, All right. Oh, but yeah, I, that was my spice. Oh, as well. that's, yeah, that's why it's probably, worse. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, not a lot to talk about spices on this one. No, no. <laughs> unfortunately. But. And we're even unhappy with the spices. Yeah, yeah so. it's just whatever. But you know what? The whole point to a spice, guys, is something that just is fun, slightly interesting, yeah, right. doesn't really fit the theme. And that literally <laughs> hits all of that. So. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it all up with the bottle capping. So remember, this is going to be the ooh, nice and oh, crisp. It's a crispy boy. So remember, <laughs> we're going to have our under five dollar, under fifty dollar and personal recommendation of things to cut out of the deck and then add in. And of course, this deck needs CPR. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to start this if, one. If, off. You, if you actually cared about this deck, I might take you to Big Tux office hours. But <laughs> you just said you don't. So I was like, ah, oh, that's, not, right. that's not worth it. So I'm going to be cutting Pariah. OK, <laughs> like yeah. I just talked it. Just whatever. Get right into it. Yep. Uh, and the one I'm going to be adding, we've actually already talked about on a previous Bruise and Build. I even bought a copy for this deck. I even bought the special edition copy for this deck, and I don't know why I didn't put it in. So now it's going to go in there. It's Torrential Gearholt. Oh, yeah. I, I, this is what I was thinking of, too. Yeah. So this card, the normal copy, is only $3.52. And to remind you, or if you didn't listen to that episode, which you should, but yeah. I can't even tell you which one it was. Vile and oh, Thrasios. Oh, Valium Thrasios. Yeah. He is four colorless blue-blue artifact creature construct, 5-6 with flash. Big thing there. Yeah. Uh, when Torrential Gear Hulk enters the battlefield, you may cast target instant card from your graveyard without paying its mana cost. If that card would be put into your graveyard this turn, exile it instead. How did you not put this in here? So I think, there, I think my logic at the time was looking at the instance I have, and I'm going to go ahead and sort sure. just so I can kind of see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My big game winners are sorceries. Expropriate uh, the and torrential Devil's only play. gets instance. It only gets instance. Mm -hmm. So basically, we're looking at cyclonic rift, which yeah. I wouldn't be able to do it for its overload cost. Right. I'd have to pay that. Increasing vengeance. Well, that just copies stuff. Uh, mandate peace doesn't matter. Refuse yeah. and cooperate. Reverberate. So I, I think the only reason I think I should put it in here. Granted, it's a lot of mana, but I can cast one of my big winners. And if I need to get one of my doublers out of the graveyard that are not traditionally doublers, right. or even say I cast Expropriate and I've already used Narset's Reversal, right. put in the Gear Hulk, do Reversal for free, get Expropriate back, back to my hand, and that copy still resolves, or Devil's Play or whatever. Or, and, and to, so I think that's yeah. kind of where it fits. I think that there's enough. I think this card works just because you get it's from the graveyard, right? So whatever sure. you're copying doesn't matter. I think this card still plays the same slot that does in a lot of decks of just a utility. This is a workhorse. You burn through your rift, you burn through your mandated piece, whatever, right? Sure. I don't I think it sucks because you're not gonna get the copy version of it, isn't really gonna matter. But this is gonna be you're like, oh shit, I have six man open and I'm about to die. Mm -hmm. I, what can I get out of this, right? Yeah. Like you, you already cast your Narcissus reversal, you already cast your reverberate. Those kind of even reverberate can be someone else casts an expropriate, you can cast this, reverberate, copy that, and go from there, right? Yeah, so, well, and a kind of cool thing with, like, Narset's Reversal is, like, say if I did choose to pay six mana to get that two mana one back, right. 
if Savine's out, I get the double copy. I'll have the copy target the original. The original yeah. goes back to hand. So then I still have my Narset's reversal. Right. So I, I don't think that this card is not game breaking, but it's a, it's, but it's better than yes. Pariah. Yes, I, I agree with that. So, all right. So what's your under um, five? I'm going to cut Pariah's shield. Sure. For we're not going back in time. We're going to have a good time, a stitch in time. Boom. So, okay. Uh, Pariah's shield. Is not very good. <laughs> That's so bad. Uh, I've seen this. People, I tried to put this in a deck. So it's five mana <laughs> colorless for an artifact equipment. All damage that would be dealt to you is dealt to equipped creature instead. Equip and then three. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of where, that's why I think Pariah is better. Oh, because you're there's not, only three to do. Right. And like, like we talked about, Sabine's already five. Sure. You don't have, you're not going to make a gazillion mana to be able to cast her. I think the whole point with Pariah's shield is, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, but you and then can, basically you're paying a three, three which is a yeah. Pariah over and so over you're to re-equip. Paying, you're paying five that when every time you cast your commander. Yeah, so until someone does a austere command and then you just lose it. Right. Yeah. Then, <laughs> then you're done. So um, stitch in time is one of my favorite cards I've ever been printed. So for those who aren't familiar, a colorless blue and a red. Flip a coin. It's a sorcery. Flip a coin. If you win the flip, take an extra turn after this one. So you have a 50-50 chance of taking a turn. <laughs> okay. Which, the reason why I think this is great is because I look at this as a ramp card early game. Okay. Because if you get it turn three, you at least get to put get another land down maybe. and maybe cycle through some more stuff, right? Okay. However, the thing that I like the most about this, besides its price point, which is a buck thirty-seven. Oh, it, I'm showing 280. That's for the guild pack version. The, oh. new, one, the new one's even cheaper. Okay. And if you want this, I've got a spare. So uh, <laughs> I'll trade you some talismans. But the thing that I like about this is that it's a cheap extra turn spell that doesn't exile itself. Oh, okay. So you, like we talked about, there's a lot of cards that let you cast things from the graveyard, right? And again, you're still only 50-50 chance. But on the off chance that you hit this twice, that could end the game for you. Yeah. Right? Like that could get you there. And again, it's a pseudo ramp is usually what happens, sure. right? Like I've cast this before on turn three and one. And I'm like, uh, play a card, play a land, draw a couple cards. Uh, I guess I'm done. But I just think this card I just like this card. Like I like flipping coins. I think it's great. I think it's cute. It's easy to copy if you have nothing else to do. So that's All what right. that's what I would that's what I would put in. You know what? I'm for it. Okay. So my under fifty, I think you're really gonna like it. Hark. So I'm going to cut Savine's Reclamation, which that's the permanent one, right? Yeah. So yeah. Savine's Reclamation, guys, is two colorless white sorcery. Return target permanent card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. If the spell was cast from the graveyard, you may copy the spell and may choose new targets for the copy. Then it has flashback for four and a white. And so in theory, you would get four permanents back if, right. if Savine was out there. Do you have four permanents in this deck? Uh, yes. <laughs> so, I mean, we talked about the Mirari Conjecture. Yeah, sure. You know, if that oh, goes yeah, all the good. way down. Yeah, that's good. Uh, you know, you basically get that back. You know, if someone blew up my... Wait, uh, are, do you get it back? Because isn't it three or less? Oh, sorry. Mirari's five. Yeah. Ooh. But no, I mean, there, there are some artifacts. Sure, yeah. Just basic ramp stuff. It's not exciting. It's basically a Sun Titan on a card. So, cut that. And we are going to talk about someone's mastery. This is Mizzix's mastery. Oh, boy. So yeah, boy. $15. No way. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, I guess it's only been printed the once. Yep. And back, so it's. Back, back when they made overpowered starter decks. <laughs> <laughs> so this is three colorless and a red sorcery speed. Exile target card. That's an instant or sorcery from your graveyard. For each card exile this way, copy it. And you may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. Exile Mizzix's mastery. 
but it has overload, which we've already talked about. And we all it's like <laughs> five and triple red. It's a big boy. And basically it allows me to exile every incident sorcery from my graveyard and cast those copies. You can target all of them and then arrange it on the stack. Correct. Ah, but then yeah. the other nice thing about this is that since it does exile itself, we have things like Narset's reversal right. that can break it. I get it back. Now, granted, I believe uh, reading the card, we'd have to look at the rules. Do the copies get exiled once you cast them? It doesn't say exile them. It just says exile Mizzix's master. No, so you assume they, they go back to the graveyard. No, but it says it says uh, no. That oh, so they, they are because they exile it and then you copy it. Yeah, that's correct. So I guess you don't get the cast trigger because you're exile. You won't get the Sabine trigger because you're you're copying the spell. You're right, but. This card fucking rules, so it should go <laughs> in no matter what. All right, well, you tell me why it should go in then. Because I was kind of hoping that I was going to get the Savine and copy all of those and get them twice, which would just be stupid, broken nonsense. So I think... Sell me. I Sell me my I, own under $50 recommendation. <laughs> I think that this card will get you a lot of value, right? It's a late game play. Okay. You might be running out of gas. You're going to draw a shitload of cards. Yep. Get whatever back you want, right? You could get Sitchin Time back, just saying... A lot of the ones that win you the game are X's in the graveyard. I think I have a better one for you. That okay. Might be up. So I was going to put both these in, but instead, I want to talk about Burning Wish. Okay. So it's a colorless and a red. You may choose a sorcery card you own from outside the game, reveal it, and put it into your hand. Exile Burning Wish. Scratch that. Because yeah, I need to cut this from several decks because it says you cannot acquire exiled cards because those cards are still in one of the game zones. Yep. So that's wow. I have cheated many times. Woof. <laughs> Woof. Oh, my God. I cheated at MTG Fest Kansas City. <laughs> I cheated and won the game. I cast part the water mail and then got it back with this card and then cast it again. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. Well, let's. Well, let's <laughs> they were banned from the format. Yeah, hold on. I thought because I thought cutting wish. You can't acquire XL cards. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Big Tuck. What's your under fifty dollars recommendation? Okay, so this one's also super cheap, um, which we talked about, and I think this is one that's I think does a lot what this deck wants to do. So first off, I think you should cut Swift Foot Boots. Okay. Just because, like we talked about, there's not a lot of creatures. Sure. There's not a lot of... There's no really no reason to protect your commander. Uh, exile and bounce but and that's a lot. But that's, a, again, that's like a pseudo Rube Goldberg machine. Someone yeah. else has to go through. And I sort of get it because it gives it haste, but uh, it's I don't like, care about it's that. whatever. Yeah, so... I mean, it could be Narset haste. Yeah, but like she already has an Elsha haste. I don't know. I, it's, it's very rare because I think Lightning Greaves goes in almost every deck. Sure. And I think this is one that maybe it could get cut. Okay. Or a, par or a pariah, right? Or Prize Shield. I think those all kind of fall into the same yep. sort of category. Right. So what I think you should cut it for is Big Daddy, Rao, is it Viceroy? Okay. So this is another cheap Planeswalker for 2 bucks and 39 cents. It's a mythic. Okay. Three colorless and is it. That's blue-red. Comes in with five loyalty okay. counters. So plus one is great. Look at the top two cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the other into your graveyard. Okay. So there's your flashback, right? Sure. Your lands, whatever you need. Minus three, it deals damage to target creature equal to the total number of instants and sorcery cards you own in exile and your graveyard. That's pretty nice. It's it's, it's not amazing because it's only one target, right? But, but it is targeted removal, and that's something this deck doesn't really have. Right, and you can do it. You can do that immediately when this comes down, right? So then minus eight is whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, it gets an emblem. This emblem deals four damage to any target, and you draw two cards. 
So again, this is like a sort of room gold room machine that lets you do what you want. I okay. doubt you will probably ever ultimate this because it's yeah. going to take forever to get there. Yeah. But I think this this accomplishes what you want, right? It defends you from a bigger threat. It lets you look at cards, bin them if you want. Sure. Right? So this is, it's sort of counterproductive with the idea of Kefnet. But again, if you have your skull rack or other ways to put cards from your hand on top, it also kind of filters it through. Okay. So it's a Planeswalker. You already have one row. Sure. I, I really thought about just doing all the other row cards <laughs> just, to be, just to be an idiot. But each ability is relevant for the deck. Honestly, I would rather do that than Mizzix's Mastery, to be honest. I think that sure. would probably fit better. Um, just because sitting here thinking of Mystic's Mastery, yeah, we, I basically think, I think, exiling everything out of my graveyard means I have to win the game then. Right. So, um, no, and, and, I'm all for it. Yeah, so I think I just... It, it, and I bet you, since it's only a, a few schmeckles, I bet you a foil's not too bad well, either. Well, if you want if you want to shell out for the... Wait, you already have one of these. It, it has a Mythic Edition. Oh, then I probably do already have hey, one. Hey! It's $36, $26. That's it's not bad. It's only 10 times the normal oh. amount. <laughs> So anyway, so I, right. I was like thinking through this. I have this. I've seen this work. I thought I did everything that your deck wanted. Uh, hold on. I did just have a Rude Goldberg machine thought. <laughs> hey, okay. I found one with Mizzix Mastery. I remember now why I put it in here. Thousand Year Storm. Oh. Because it allows you to cast <laughs> it. Yeah. And then you just yeah. like, you put the best one at the very beginning of the stack right. so that it resolves last. And you just get like 15 copies of but it. But again, you get 15 copies of Winds of Abandon. Possibly expropriate because I discarded it. Uh, Yeah. It's definitely a good machine. I like I like it, and it makes sense. I just think this one might be a little more a little more consistent. That's fair. That's fair. So my personal recommendation yeah, initially, I was going to go very simple and basic. Wheel of Fortune. Oh yeah. Wheel of Fortune in this deck would be money. If you're not familiar with it, it's two colorless and a red sorcery. Everyone discard your hand, draw seven cards. I'm discarding stuff that yep. I could use for flashback later. I'm getting, getting a new a full grip. New grip. Yeah. I can do it early in the game. So maybe if I kept that three lander and I still haven't drawn a land in three turns, ditch the hand, yep. possibly get some lands. But I think I found something a little bit better based on how this deck needs to win. Enlightened Tutor. Yeah. I think Enlightened yeah. Tutor is probably a better fit. If you're not familiar, it's one white instant. Basically, search your library for an enchantment or artifact card, reveal it, shuffle your library, and you put it on top. Mm -hmm. I would cut the Pariah Shield, like we've already talked about, yeah, yeah, all yeah. that Pariah crap. That is going to be my way to potentially win out the game because I can go get things like Leyline of Anticipation, which gives all my yeah. spells flash. So that allows me to be more flexible with my sorceries, which I do have 18 of. It's going to allow me to go get Ristic Study if I need those extra cards. Scroll Rack, like we talked about scroll, earlier. Yeah. Scroll Rack, uh, Swarm Intelligence. We didn't even talk about yep. that. Thousand Year Thousand Storm. Thousand Year Storm. Uh, the, the Primal Amulet. Smothering Tithe. Yeah. I mean, it, it can just go get me so yeah, many things. it's really good. Like, if you think about it, guys, every card we've talked about outside a few of, like, like the Narset's reversals of the world and the mission briefings, this deck needs the enchantments yeah. and the artifacts to really flow. Yeah, I would agree with that, yeah. So, I, yeah, you yeah. know, and for 30-something dollars to have a way to at least consistently, because I don't have any real tutors in the deck, right. at least have one Espe way. Especially for those, like, especially blue and red specifically have no way to tutor for enchantments or artifacts yeah but like this being consistent cheap yep and if you can cast it from your graveyard again you can go get those other pieces draw them yep. that sort of stuff the only so, thing that would suck is that if you cast it from your graveyard and it copied you wouldn't get, ever get to keep the one because you have to shuffle your library oh yeah that's true so you're, that always, you're always still getting yeah, one I the shuffle. but regardless it's still allowing me to go get the things because once again it could be something to where i'm looking at my hand and i'm like 
oh, I got some heat here, but I need ways to do top deck manipulation. I right. have Enlightened Tutor. I may just play a Plains turn one. Do the Enlightened Tutor. Go get Rack. Yeah, yeah, go, totally. Yeah, and, and again, and it's, and it's like late game if you're like set up and you're like, especially if you can, I can end, win. Step, end step, Enlightened Tutor, Thousand Year Storm. And then you're all, then if you have the mana left over, if it's late enough of the game, you can already start getting the value out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I would agree with that for sure. So, all right, so what's I, your personal? So the card I'm going to cut, I struggled with a little bit, and I I like the application of this deck. I just think it's the wrong deck for it. Okay. So it's Dust to Dawn. Okay. So it came in the deck. Sure. Colorless and white-white. Uh, Destroy all creatures with power three or greater, which we'll get to. And then Dawn is its aftermath cost, so you can cast it from your graveyard. Return all creatures with power two or less from your graveyard to your hand. Yeah. So, I, like, copying that aftermath doesn't do anything. Yep. And then I looked. So you have eight creatures in the deck, and this kills half of them. Correct. Like, including the good ones, like Narset and, and, oh, Kaikar. and Kaikar, right? So it it bends all of your creatures, and then doesn't even get them back. Yeah. So this card's an all-star in, like, Abzan, Tree totally Folk, that it. stuff, right? Yeah. So, but And this is a standard one, right? It came in the deck. Yep. The one that I think is better, and I think this card rocks in this deck, it's a reserved list, which I know you like, and it's expensive, which I don't know also know you like. It's Intuition. Okay. So two colorless and a blue for an instant. Search your library for three cards and reveal them. Target opponent chooses one. Put that in your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Then show me your library. <laughs> I saw those eyebrows speak up. Are we hey, sure this isn't banned? Uh, it is legal. Wow. The it's reason just, I it's asked. It's really expensive. The reason I asked is because there's a Jace, uh, a card that came in the Jace spellbook. That's banned. That literally that's, does uh, gifts ungiven, though. Yes, right? and it kind of does the exact same thing. And I had actually put it in the deck, not knowing and then it was realized, yeah. and, and then tapped out. Was like, "Hey, your deck's illegal." And I was like, "Why?" And I was like, "What? Why? Why is this banned?" Because you get. I think this one's it's four, and you get two, and this one's only three, and you only get one. So this one, you're actually at a card disadvantage than the other one. Okay. I don't know. I I don't really know to be honest with you. That I mean, is I feel like they're very similar. Yeah, I I agree with that. But so the, my thought with intuition was I was gonna have a clip. So in Ace Ventura, the second one, yeah, there's a clip where he's like climbing a wall at the beginning, and then a helicopter pilot. Comes oh up, yeah. And then he's like, "If I was you, I wouldn't do that." And Ace Ventura goes, "Well, if you were me, then I'd be you. So use your body to get the top. You can't stop me no matter who you are." So I was just thinking, it's like with this with this one, you go get expropriate. And then two flashback enablers, and you're just like, how do you want? To, <laughs> how do you want? To, how do you? How do you want to do this? Do you want? Do you want me to bin expropriate and get it back, or do you want to take that away from me and then I just cast it, or do you want me to assemble this bizarre Rube Goldberg machine with these other things in my graveyard? That's funny. And it even and it even works with that one card I mentioned really quick, the refuse to cooperate, the split card, because that one, the aftermath of it is a copy spell, mm. so you can just have that sitting in your graveyard and they wouldn't even know it, right? So for three mana, you're going to go get three things that are going to help you win this game. I think it's, yeah, it's any card, right? So, yeah. okay, I'm going to get Scroll Rack, Thousand Year Storm, and one of the Rowls. Which one of these is which one of these is the worst? <laughs> well, and the thing I also love is that there's a judge promo of yeah, it. For $256. So I went crazy. I went out there. But I saw that, and I was like, I've seen this card played before, and usually people just use it as a tutor, and they go get like, sure. I'm going to get Cyclonic Rift and Time Warp and... You know, time stretch and like, what are you going to do? You know, yeah, which is like stupid, right? It's just like a generic good blue card. But this one in this deck specifically, like we talked about, your graveyard is this your second hand for a lot of it. That's fair. So at any point of the game, even if you have expropriate in your hand or stitch in time or whatever that you're ready to cast, this will still get you the tools to enable to be able to go on to go on and do more. with. I like it. I like it. I think it's sweet. I like like it a lot. I think think it's sweet. So you will struggle against decks that are fast creatures, right? And dust. But 
decks that play those fast creatures generally don't have five fives. I, I think the only board wipe I should put in here and cut out Dust of Dawn for, I mean, I like this card a lot, is uh, Blasphemous Act. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that just needs to go in here because that right. does let my commander live. Probably going to kill the board. Everything, yeah. No, I, I would agree with that. But I was looking at Dusk of Dawn and I was like, it's it's cute and it sort of works. The cards in your graveyard that you're casting from your graveyard, you want them to have value when you double them. Yeah. And getting the three creatures you're attacking <laughs> back twice doesn't do anything. Yeah. So Intuition's an all-star and it's super expensive and there's a super rare Judge Foil for you. So I thought you could really chew on that Mr. one. Mr. Combo approved. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what I thought there. All right. Well, uh, I think that's pretty much the deck tech. That's Savine going yep. back in time. Big Tuck, before we wrap this up, any last thoughts or comments? I like this deck. Um, I really do. I like the fact that you didn't completely degenerate, break it. I, I like your card, how I, to do that. I like your card selections in it. So I, I know this isn't one of your favorites, but I do like this deck. I think it's going to be one of the fun ones to play like, hey, that's my Plains Chase or that's yeah. my Half Chub or whatever, right? And then you're like, okay, I know I have this safe deck. I'm not going to get hated out. I can just see how it goes. Awesome. Well, guys, uh, thanks for making it until the end. And as promised, some details about the giveaway. We're actually going to be giving away a foil artist proof expropriate. So you too can also lose friends uh, to enter. <laughs> it's extremely simple. Uh, just send us the tears of your opponents. JK <laughs> in a bag, <laughs> in a bag, in a, in a Ziploc baggie, not one of the zippy ones. I want one of the ones that you have to crimp that you always miss one. Oh, and then yeah. The tears and then it, just, yeah, it comes out. <laughs> All you got to do is really help promote the podcast and the website that your CMD tower works really, really hard to put together for you we're definitely not at a point where a patreon or anything yeah. like that makes sense you know maybe down the line really at this point just your guys' support and the fact that you listen and go to the site and read the uh, articles that's really what's important here and so you'll get an entry for every single thing you do for helping us out like for example liking sharing reposting tweeting the episodes that debut in the month of october will kind of help get you into that expropriate contest and then also of course following our different twitter accounts like our facebook page and most importantly subscribe to that podcast podcast and listen. We'll be announcing the winner on hashtag MTG Action 4 News on October 29th and social media probably later that night or the next morning. And yes, I know what you're thinking. We are going to do this giveaway every single month. Uh, it could be a sweet card like this uh, foil artist proof expropriate or maybe Big Tuck will put together your own personal Jink tribal deck, uh, which also I believe in probably November for the December giveaway, we're going to do a fun Jank legal deck or Big Tuck and I, myself, as part of these monthly giveaways, we have our own custom legend cards. Which you will be receiving when you win, correct? When you will be receiving. We're going to sign them. Uh, we only made 50 of them, uh, which should probably last us like a year and a yeah. half or two years. <laughs> I mean, and if you just get them and throw them away, it's okay. <laughs> no, no, don't do that. You have to run them. You have to run them. Uh, but, you know, uh, some of the other winners have been using them and said that their play groups, you know, actually were cool with it. They thought it was kind of funny. But, you know, basically we're going to do these 50 and then once we're out of those, we'll figure out something else. Maybe we'll each be a planeswalker or uh, maybe it'll just be tissues. Yeah. Who really knows? <laughs> but we're going to potentially build a deck around one of our legends. So we'll put up a poll on Twitter and that way you guys can vote and tell us what you want. And the cool thing about this is no matter what we kind of build you guys, there's going to be probably a minimum 200, 250 bucks yeah. of cards in the deck. So it's not going to be straight trash. It'll be something fun. It'll be kind of competitive. Uh, it's definitely going to be in the spirit of this podcast. But you know what? Also leave us some feedback on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast. Yeah, what was that one? There was a, a, Google, a couple of weird ones. Oh, yeah, the, Google, the weird one, Google, Google Podcasts. Podcast. What? <laughs> 
and if we totally suck, let that roasting begin. But if you enjoyed it, please feel free to leave some positive feedback on whatever star review makes other people want to listen to us as well through the algorithms. Uh, and if you would like to reach out to us and also know where you can find more ways to enter the contest, here's how you can do that. You can reach me at Mr. Combo number five, all spelled out except for the five on Twitter and Reddit. Big Tuck, where the can they reach you? You still can't. <laughs> <laughs> Such whore crap. I will. So I, I'll get on at some point. I've been thinking about it. It's hey, you know what? People have actually some. started doing the hashtag Big Tuck on really? Twitter. Oh, that's I mean, awesome. by some, I mean like five. But hey, it's there. Thanks, so, Scott. But anyway, guys, if you want Big Tuck to actually have a Twitter just so you can harass him yeah. and send him overly expensive cards just to <laughs> just further to fuel the hate, uh, hashtag Big Tuck on Twitter. You can also reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. You can find us on Facebook at CMD Tower. And of course, our website, www.cmdtower.com. And if you want to engage our awesome production team for your own future projects, how would they do that? Squee. Oh, you can find me at richchaosrecords.com or on Facebook or Instagram at richchaosrecords or recently at Dear Squee on Twitter. Yeah, that, that's going to be a new thing we're starting uh, this month in October, guys. So Squee on top of his producing and doing all the audio cuts. Doing all the and, actual work. Yeah, all the actual work. <laughs> He's also going to be doing a couple different pieces on the website. So one of them is going to be Dear Squee. Squee, can you kind of give a brief thing of what that is? Absolutely. I'd love you to send in any questions you have around the magic universe, maybe around your life. I don't know. Whatever's going on, shoot me a question. I'll be happy to answer. Yeah, and all you have to do is hashtag Dear Squee. And then the other thing he's going to be doing is an article series. May come out once a week. You know, it just kind of depends on the time that he has available. But it's going to be to Winter Orb or not to Winter Orb. Where really he takes a stacks card, talks about, hey, this is how it affects the game. This is how it affects everyone at the table. And at the end of the day, how you'll have no friends. Or just maybe a way to position it so people don't hate you. Uh, But in terms of Rich Chaos Records, they do music, podcasts, they have a full studio if you're yep. here in the Kansas City metro area or ever come in and visit. And of course, thank you again to Pink Royal for the music that they always do in this yeah, episode. Awesome. Big Tuck, anything before we just kind of kick it off? No, man, I th- I'm ready. I-, I felt pretty good on that one. So yeah, I think we're kind of <laughs> on feeling good. I think we're kind of on a heater. So thanks for everyone for listening. We, we really appreciate it. Absolutely, guys. Thank you so much and see you later. See you later. See you later.